Hello and welcome to the Desperate and Appalling podcast series. My name is Paul Sloan and together with my co-author Des McHale we've written a number of books ranging from uh, lateral thinking puzzles, mathematical lateral thinking puzzles, world's best word puzzles, one, two, three, four, wacky, witty and wonderful words are some of the books we've written. And in this series of podcasts, we chat about puzzles, situations, words, anything that takes our fancy. So please sit back, enjoy the podcast, and if you like it, come back and listen to some more. So before we begin, let me give you the answers to the puzzles we set in the last podcast. And these were both taken from our book, World's Best Word Puzzles. The first question was, what is the only word in the English language which ends in the letters MT? And that is dreamt. The second question was, what word contains six letters? But when you take away one, you're left with 12. What word contains six letters? When you take away one letter, you're left with 12. And the answer to that little riddle is dozens. You take the S off dozens and you're left with dozen, which is 12. Good day to you, Des. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I propose we talk about coincidences. Now, you knew I was going to say that, didn't you? I did. It's amazing, isn't it, the way these things happen? (laughs) Did you know that Stephen Hawking was born on the day that Galileo died and died on the day that Einstein was born? That's incredible. And did you know that Buzz Aldrin, his mother's maiden name was Moon? <laughs> it's incredible. That's, that's true. Well, two men were born on February the 12th, 1809. Uh, one in a country house in England and one in a log cabin in America. And they're two of the most influential figures in the whole century. Do you know who they are? One sounds like Abraham Lincoln, does it? Yeah, one is Abraham Lincoln. And the other was Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin and Abraham Lincoln were born on the same day. That was a good day. A good day. February the 12th, 1809. Another good day that uh, all English schoolboys know is October the 25th. Because on October the 25th, 1415, the English defeated the French in the Battle of Agincourt. And on October the 25th, 1854, there was the charge of the Light Brigade in the Crimean War, which is a, a, a great heroic failure. And the English like heroic failures. We've got many of them. Not just the football team. <laughs> well, Wolfie's doing okay right now. <laughs> but they, so far, they, so they, far. They, they normally end in heroic failure. You're absolutely right. So what coincidences do you want to share with us, Des? Well, first of all, everybody talks about the Berta paradox, which says that if you have more than 22 people picked at random and gathered in a room together, then the chances are better than evens that they have the same birthday. Uh, 22 people, 23 people, uh, there's 365 days in the year. How do you work that out? Well, it's a matter of probabilities. It's a bit hard to actually talk about, but it's uh, you just multiply probabilities together. And when you get more than a half, it, it's uh, around 22, 23. But yeah. the thing is that that can be worked out mathematically. That's precise. Although although it's not as simple as it seems, because nowadays a lot of births are induced on weekdays so as to for the convenience of hospital staff. So it's not quite as correct as it used to be. But if births occur at random, that's correct. Here's something else. I, I was sent out by my wife to buy some tomatoes once. And I went to a little shop 
and I'm red green color blind. So I asked the girl behind the counter, I says, could you show me which of those tomatoes are ripe because I'm red green color blind? She said, there's no point asking me because I'm red green color blind too. So we said we'd ask the next person to come into the shop. It was just a small shop and a man came in and we said, could you help us decide which of these tomatoes are red, are red and are ripe or not? And he says, no point asking me. I'm red, green, colorblind too. So here were three people, the entire people, number of people in the shop who were red, green, colorblind. Now you can work out the percentages there. It's about 5% of men and half a percent of women. It's much more, 10 times as common in men than in women. So I worked out the chances of that happening are about a thousand to one. So that's a definite mathematical number. So one in a thousand times that will happen, and that's fair enough. But there are other events that happen that you feel that there's a psychological aspect in it, that it's not just plain, straightforward mathematical probability. And I mean, part of me says, my head says, look, it's mathematical probability. If it can happen, it's going to happen sometimes. It can work out the numbers exactly. Another part of me in my heart says, look, Something very, very strange has happened here. So can I tell you just one more birthday thing that happened to me? Oh. My birthday is the 28th of January, and I was staying in Dublin in a hotel, and I came down to breakfast, and I thought, well, this is good. I'll have a nice, quiet breakfast. Nobody singing silly songs to me. As I came downstairs, everybody in the dining room went, happy birthday to... And I thought, bloody hell, how they know it was my birthday? But it wasn't my birthday. It was the birthday of another lady who was in the dining room, and all her friends were singing happy birthday to her. So I went outside, and I got a bus... And at a bus, the bus stopped at a bus stop and a little boy and his mum got on. The driver who knew them said, he's a bit late from going to school. And she said, it's not going to school today, it's his birthday. And in that space of time, about half an hour, there were three people with the same birthday, quite a random, had never happened before. And I, I won't go on with the story, but I could add two more birthdays to that story that actually happened on that particular day. And that is crazy. The odds against that happening are very, very, very tiny indeed. So I felt there was something strange happening on that birthday that had nothing to do with mathematics or probabilities. Yeah, some 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 uh, coincidences are just so improbable that, that you do wonder. So in the First World War, there was nearly seven, three quarters of a million British soldiers died. About 750,000 of them died. Somehow, without any planning, the first recorded English casualty of the war it was a 17-year-old boy called John Parr. And the last recorded casualty, 40-year-old George Ellison, have graves next to each other at the San Sanforian Military Cemetery without any plan. It wasn't planned that yeah, way. Yeah. But they just happened to be adjacent graves, the first soldier killed and the last. That is quite incredible. And you couldn't make it up, I think. I mean, there are small things that happen, like you, you see a word in a crossword, and then the next day you read it in a book for the first time and you never saw that word before. Or you're actually reading a word in a book and somebody says precisely that word at the same time on the television, which is on in the room. So they're sort of small things and minor things. Yeah. You can step it up a little that, you know, you haven't seen Mr. X for a long time and you're walking down the street and you meet, you think you meet Mr. X. And when you get near him, you find out it's somebody who looks very much like Mr. X, but it's not Mr. X at all. And you think, oh, and you go around the corner and who do you meet? And we haven't seen for 10 years, but Mr. X. And I think... That type of thing does happen an awful lot. It's happened to me several times. It does, yeah. to you. Sometimes you, you read a new word and then you find that same new word the next day. It, it, yeah. It, it's a different text. But maybe the yeah. brain's just more receptive to receiving that. One it, of the coincidences that I found uh, amazing concerns a dying Aboriginal language in Australia called Mbarabam, I think M-B-A-B-A-R-A-M. And it's a very obscure language in, used in, in Northern Australia by a handful of Aborigines. And the word for dog in Ambarabam is dog. <laughs> there's, no, there's no 
a joint derivation between English and, and this Aboriginal language, but they both, have, for, the, for a, a, a creature called a dog, they both languages call it de dog. That's incredible. And there could be no connection, really. No. I mean, you, you do read of some very good ones. and You wonder if they happened. You hope they do, that, 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 that people are telling the truth. But they're great stories. And one was of a, a little village, a little small town in the United States that had a baseball team and it won a championship. And they wanted to have a celebration for them in the local baseball park. But they didn't have enough money for ticker tape or anything fancy. So they just got a load of old telephone directories and they um, shredded them up and then they poured them down on top of the team when they came in. And this guy was at the celebration and part of the telephone directory fell down in his hair and he just took it out of his hair and it was a tiny little sliver with his name and address and telephone number on. What are the chances I, of that? <laughs> the chances are virtually not. But it's a lovely story. And, you know, some of them you couldn't make up. So I'm, I'm trying to think that, that that one happened. But it's lovely. Well, I was reading about uh, twins that are separated at birth and triplets. And, and these are interesting stories. But two that were raised by different families in Ohio uh, both met uh, finally at the age of 39. Obviously, they looked similar. They were uh, identical twins. But both sets of adopted parents had named the boys James and called them Jim for short. Both men had married twice. And remarkably, both their first wives were named Belinda and both their second wives were named Betty. And both had one son who they had both named James Allen. And they drove the same car, had similar jobs, and even went to the same place on holiday. Now, now, is that a coincidence or is that genetic programming? I think it must be a coincidence. You know, I, think, I mean, there's the famous incident of, of Lincoln and Kennedy, all the uh, association between their assassinations and their lifestyle and everything else. And I mean, some of these, I think when it goes beyond three or four facts, you start to get suspicious that there's something crazy going on there. One, one or two is likely to happen, but three, four, five, and it's, 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 it starts getting a feeling there is something going on there. It's funny, you couldn't make that up. I, I did a radio program once and I asked listeners to phone in their coincidences that happened to them. And one man phoned in and said he was doing a round the world trip and he wanted, um, he wanted to keep a diary of the trip. So he bought one of those big annual diaries with a, uh, a day to a page. And then as he neared the international date line, he thought, oh God, I, I'm going to miss a page now because I'm gaining a day and I want a page to write it in. But the actual diary that actually bought had a misprint in and had reprinted this page twice and he was able to actually fill in the page Marvelous. So I, I, I think that's quite extraordinary you know I mean the, the diary maker or the diary could not have known he was going to take around the world trip and it was just a, a misprint on the page that they put the same date in for two successive dates he oh, said that happened so you know I mean, you've got to believe when people say that, that things like that happen yeah a lot of physicists think that um, some of the constants in the universe are remarkably uh, well chosen and that we seem to have a very harmonious universe almost by chance. And, and one small local example is that the sun and the moon appear to be the same size, but that's because although the sun is 400 times bigger than the moon, 400 times wider, it's 400 times further away. So when you get a total solar eclipse, the moon completely covers, perfectly covers the sphere yes. of the sun. Uh, and any other set of numbers, it wouldn't work. Isn't, that's incredible. But what about Euler's equation? I mean, I'm not a mathematician, you are, but doesn't Euler's equation link three of the most important irrational numbers? Yes, right. E to the i pi plus one is equal to zero. It's an extraordinary uh, 
equation. The trouble is, it's a bit contrived in the sense that e to the i pi does not have any intrinsic meaning, so we attach a meaning to it, and then the meaning turns out to have a very nice interpretation of this equation. But it is extraordinary. It's probably the most extraordinary fact in mathematics that all of these things that uh, seem to be unrelated when you start discussing them actually fit into this absolutely beautiful equation. I mean, well, what wouldn't physics give to have an equation like that? Yes, a simple equation that unified yeah. everything. Uh, but, but each of the numbers is irrational and uh, never-ending. They, 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 they just go on forever, those numbers, don't they? And yet, when you put them together in that equation, raise uh, e to the power of i pi, and of course, i is the square root of minus one, which is a pretty hard concept mm -hmm. to get your head around, you end up with something which comes out of a whole number. That's incredible. It is incredible. But you, can all, you can also extend this discussion to asking question, is there life on other celestial bodies? Is there life on other planets? And, you know, I mean, is it just a coincidence that we have life on Earth and nowhere else that we know of? Um, because you're now getting into sort of deep philosophy when you ask questions like this. And I mean, a lot of, of cosmologists say if something can happen, if it's possible for it to happen, then it will happen somewhere. And I don't know if I quite agree with that. You know, if there's a positive probability that something will happen, then it will happen someplace. And it's a bit simplistic, but uh, it starts you thinking about life and well, existence if, and if meaning. If there are an infinite number of universes, or even an infinite, if, even if the universe were in is of infinite size, then everything that can happen must happen somewhere. That it's like if you get I, enough, I, I, if you get an infinite number of monkeys typing away at typewriters, they will produce. Yeah. Completely. Well, they've tried that and they just produced absolute garbage and the place was stinking after a couple of weeks. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, would, I would dispute the word must there. If it can happen, that it must happen. I, I don't see that that's necessarily logically true. I think that it may happen, but I don't think that it actually must happen. And th there may be hidden, you know, Edison said, whom I admire greatly, said, we don't know a tenth of one percent about anything. And I fully agree with them. You know, I think that uh, there's an awful lot to be learned. And uh, Jung, the psychologist Jung, talked about synchronicity and he talked about things happening. And there is a mysterious psychological effect there that I think goes beyond probability and goes beyond mathematics and other things. And we haven't investigated. I think we can't investigate it. We, we don't know what it is. But I think people should think an awful lot more about it. So talking about coincidences, did you know that there was a man called uh, Tsutomu Yamaguchi who survived both Hiroshima and the Nagasaki bombings? He was, <laughs> he was in Hiroshima and he survived and he fled to Nagasaki only to suffer uh, the second strike, uh, the second atomic. There have only been two atomic bombs ever dropped That's and right. he, he survived both of them. So <laughs> either he is the luckiest person alive or the unluckiest. Or which would you say? I'd say he probably is the luckiest, yeah. You know, he died but, uh, in 2010, but he survived a long more time after yeah, the war. Yeah. But isn't there supposed to be a guy who was both on the Titanic and Lusitania and survived? Yeah, there was a woman who was on yeah, that, yeah. and uh, yeah, two two that sank and survived both of them. Yes. So uh, I think it's I think it's mysterious. I think that uh, we don't understand it. It's very easy. Some people just dismiss it completely. They just say there's no. But you get a strange feeling. I mean, I have come across books on shelves that I was looking for for years and years and years. And quite by extraordinary coincidence, I happened to be in a certain bookshop on a certain day at a certain time when I shouldn't have been there. And I put my hand up and there's the book that I've been looking for for years and years and years. And it gives you a very strange feeling, a sort of weakness at the knees, as if you were drawn into that particular bookshop on that particular day. And there's no other copy of that book in existence. I've had that experience an awful lot. Indeed, indeed. But some people live their lives believing in fate and destiny and, and everything is an omen and has a meaning. And I think yeah. that can be dangerous. It needs to. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's, over, that's overdoing it. I read an interesting story about the Hoover Dam. 
and uh, 21,000 people worked on the building of the Hoover Dam and 96 of them died in the construction. Construction is a dangerous business, as you know. Yeah, yeah. But the first was J.G. Tierney, who drowned along with his colleague on December the 20th, 1922, while conducting a geological survey. And 14 years later, on the exact anniversary, December the, the 20th, 1936, uh, uh, the last person to die was his son, Patrick Tierney, who fell from a tower. So a father and son were the first and last on the same day of the year. I mean, that is a, a sad but very remarkable coincidence. I think it is, yeah. I think that where we have to start wondering is, is there a reason for this? I mean, if a, an extraordinary coincidence takes place that really is way beyond the bounds of possibility, is there some meaning to this? Is, is, is somebody controlling this or is it just random? That's an open question. I don't think anybody can answer that particular question. But the strange feeling that you get when a coincidence happens to you is 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 a good experience. Is a strange experience. Uh, you could also talk about precognitive experiences. I mean, you felt that something's going to happen. I mean, this I can verify this because my wife verified the night before my mother had a stroke, which turned out to be fatal later. I dreamt that she was actually writhing on a bed and was helpless. So I rang home. Uh, that night and my father said you know mother had a stroke today and uh, you know I, that was the, most, the weirdest experience I ever had in my life I mean absolutely verifiable I mean I'm telling the truth I could see her and I could see her writhing and she hadn't been ill up to that and it's a strange feeling when something like that happens to you that you're actually told in a dream so I mean I think dreams come into it as well dreams come into it imagination and um, time travel all those things you know the things that we some people dismiss but I think they are very, very important and well worth investigating. Well, nothing like that's ever happened to me, but I did have a friend, Bob Jones, uh, in a round table, and he told me that he had a very powerful dream one night. His father came and stood at the end of his bed and spoke to him, and, and that was the night his father died, uh, unbeknown to him until later. So the, 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 there are some uh, very, very strange and inexplicable yeah, yeah. human experiences. You, you tend not to believe them if other people tell you. You think yes. they make when they actually happen to yourself, you have no choice but to believe them. I mean, it's, it's you know, you now have to trust your, your own feelings and your own and the things that actually happened. And that did actually happen to me, not making it up. So should we write a book of coincidences? I think it might be very nice. I mean, I'd love to do that. I mean, I've got I've got at least a dozen personal ones, but I've got hundreds of ones that happen to other people or supposed to have happened to other people. And even if they're not true, I think they're great stories. They're absolutely yes, wonderful. So. Okay, so I've got a little uh, uh, riddle to leave our listeners with. We normally do this, it's tradition, and then we start the next episode with the solution. And this one is one of my favourites. It goes like this. If I have a bee in my hand, what do I have in my eye? If I have a bee in my hand, what do I have in my eye? And uh, it's a rather lovely little puzzle. And of course, it's a little bit lateral. It's not uh, straightforward. Uh, do you know this one, Des? I think it sounds familiar, and I'm sure I'll be able to reconstruct it with a, a few seconds' thought. <laughs> okay. But, uh, it's Very... a good one. I, rem I remember it's good. Should we leave it there then? Yeah.